It is 35 years today. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you know, if you know me, I cut up a lot, right? I cut up a lot. A, a friend of mine this morning, he's a pastor, and he texted me and said, uh, happy, happy anniversary. And I said, thank you. She's one lucky woman, my friend. She's one. He laughed. Everybody knows I'm the lucky one. Amen. So before I honor Pastor uh, uh, Chuck and uh, Karen, I want to honor my wife, Tammy Johns. Thank you so much for sticking with me. Amen. Thick and thin. Four kids, ten grandkids. Come on. Amen. All over the world. We honor. I love you, baby. Uh, but we are here today to honor your pastors, Chuck and Karen Pelham. Don't you love your pastors? Come on. Put your hands together. Yeah, Pastor Chuck and I are much alike, and uh, Karen and, uh, and Tammy are much alike, so we enjoy spending time together. We enjoy that time of fellowship and laughter and fun, and he is an incredible pastor. They make an incredible team that have done an amazing job here, and we always enjoy our time because we uh, not only connect on ministry, but just life. We love to hunt. We love to be outside. We love grandkids. Come on, amen. We love all of the life together. But I also understand that there's a, a, there's a distinct call and an apostolic mantle for a region. And so they have been, been leading well for a long time. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of people that start well, but there's few that make the journey longevity. And you've got a pastor's couple here that have led well for a long time, and they're worthy of double honor. Come on, somebody. Don't you just thank God for them. Come on, amen. Incredible pastors need a little work on his swamp buggy driving. But other than that, he's an incredible pastor. Almost killed me in the last time we were hunting. No, I'm joking. I'm teasing. But... Uh, Turn to somebody and tell them, we're blessed to have these pastors. Come on, somebody. Amen. Have a seat for just a moment. I'm going to share uh, for a few minutes here uh, a message. Turn to somebody and say, I think it's about an hour and a half. Go ahead and tell them. Get them prepared. Here's what I do want to encourage you before I talk about this today. Uh, pastors, we are called to the people. We're called to lead. We're called to love. And a lot of people don't understand that uh, while we are leading, we're also having uh, this, many of the same problems. we got kids, we've got uh, marriages, we've got finances, we've got families. And so during that time, uh, always be praying for your pastor. It, it's wonderful that you honor them. But I just want you to know we, we, we need your prayers uh, because the enemy will always assign the leader to try to take them out. Come on, amen. And, and because of that, the prayer of the saints help bring protection and favor and all those things. So your prayers, it's wonderful today that you're going to honor. You need to honor, but it's not only today. Understand the cost of leading and, and thank them regularly because that you'll never know those words of encouragement, those prayers, those, uh, those cards, those moments where you let them know because it refreshes and it revives. We are making a difference because sometimes... It seems like we lead, and yet we're seeing not as much fruit as we had hoped, and we're wondering what kind of difference. And when someone comes and says, hey, I just want you to know that message meant the world to me, that phone call meant the world to me, those things refresh us. Okay, we are doing something right. Amen? Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to talk for a moment on the gift of a dreamer. Uh, one of the things that I really believe is, according to Scripture, is that pastors are a gift to a local house and to a body uh, because God knows what is needed by the group of people and in the region that he sends them. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah says that in chapter 3 that I'm going to give you shepherds, pastors, according to my heart, and they're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. And the reason that God said that is because he loves you. I want you to know that, that pastors are a gift from God to you because he loves you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm his favorite. Go ahead and tell him I'm his favorite. Amen. So he wants to give you a pastor, a, a pastor, a couple that will meet and minister to your life. You know, we, we've talked about many times in couples about, about uh, love languages. How, and one of the love languages of, of a couple or a person is the, uh, a gift giving. 
There are some people, you know, that have different kinds of love languages, whether it's words of affirmation or whether, whether it's acts of service. But many people are gift givers. They give gifts out of love. As a matter of fact, maybe you have a relative that goes on a trip and uh, they're off in the West somewhere and when they come back, they bring you something from their trip, a spoon to hang on your wall. Come on, somebody. You don't care about the spoon, but they think that it's because they thought about you. Come on, somebody. Amen. And why? Because their language is gift giving. And here's what I want you to know, that God has all of the love languages and he expresses them all to us. And one of those is the, uh, the act of, of gift giving. He, he is a giving God. How many of you know God's a giving God? He gave us the gift of life. We, we are here because God gave us life. Come on, amen. I, I drove across to this morning, and I'm so glad to be in South Florida. I'm glad to be born in the South. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on, amen. I mean, other parts of the world don't know nothing about cathead biscuits. And come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm one of his favorites. Go ahead and tell him I'm one of his favorites. Uh, we, we live in a, in a community where God is blessing. This community in Clewiston, I want you to know that God's got his hand on this place. God's got his hand on New Harvest. God's got his hand on all the families that are a part of this. And God loved you enough to not only give you life, not only to send Jesus. He is the gift from heaven. He is the son of the living God that died for us that he could give us eternal life. He is a gift-giving God. Can I get a witness from somebody? Then the Bible says that the, the Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad that I, I serve a God that not only I can know about, but that I can feel. In worship, did you feel the Holy Ghost? Come on, the, the chill bumps, amen? Did you feel the presence of God? We serve a God that gifts us with his presence and the Holy Spirit is with us, not leaving us alone. He's the paraclete, the one that comes alongside like Jesus with the disciples. The Holy Spirit is with us, but it didn't stop there. Then the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that then the Holy Spirit gives us the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, amen. God is a giving God. He gives us gifts. He gives us his presence. He gives us life. He's a gift giving God, but then he doesn't even stop there. The Bible also begins to declare that Jesus gave us gifts when he gives us certain people. And we find that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, and I'm going to read that. It says, but to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts. That word there, gifts, is doma in the, in the original, to men. Now this he ascended, but what does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? But he who ascended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And then he gives us the description of the gifts. And he gave himself, he gave some to be apostles, and, and he gave some to be prophets, and he gave some to be evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so what he's saying to us, that word doma is different than the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. It, when it says the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, when he gives us those spiritual gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the word of prophecy, the gift of healing, those are incredible gifts that he gives to us. But he's talking about a different kind of gift when he begins to talk about the fivefold, what we call the ascension gifts, the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. That word doma there literally means that the person themselves become a gift that God gives to people. Come on. I don't know about you, but when I look over my life, I thank God for those encounters I've had with the apostles or the prophets or the pastors or the teachers. Come on. Or the evangelists that touch my life and shape me at different parts of, of my journey in faith. But I can look back and thank God for powerful pastors that watched over my soul. And I'm telling you that right here today, we're not just honoring a position. We're not just honoring a title. We're honoring a man and woman that were a gift of God in his heart before you ever showed up he prepared somebody for you because he loves you come on give God a praise see if we're not careful we'll get into the mindset that it's church and it's titles and it's position 
But God is not a God of just position. He's a God of relationship. And he loved you enough to know that as you were formed and as you're on your journey, that he created somebody that would talk to you and speak to you and begin to unlock the, the mysteries of the kingdom. Come on, amen, to relate to you and I. As a matter of fact, we find it in Jeremiah, in chapter 1 of Jeremiah, when it says the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah and said, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet to the nation. In other words, that when he was a child, before he was even born and he was being formed, that in his DNA, God had created him to be a prophet. And he began to discover and to walk out his purpose. And his purpose was for the nations to be a gift from God to bring truth. And I'm telling you that your pastors, they are here today because God knew them before they were ever born, shaped them in their mother's womb, birthed them into the time where they would live. Not only the time but the place and they are not here looking for a position they're here on an assignment from heaven to you come on somebody the gift of a dreamer the gift of a dreamer we find that principle throughout scripture and pastor chuck and karen are dreamers from day one when they started leading this house as bishop tony passed it on and even today they're leading with with dreams and visions of God's download in heaven, advancing the cause. That's not, that's, that's not just a, a, a campaign. That's just not a slogan. That, I'm telling you that God brings down his revelation through his people and then it equips the saints because God has a purpose and plan for every person under the sound of my voice. You make a difference and you're not here by happenstance. The spirit drew you from the north and the south and the east and the west and no matter what you've been through, your journey, the steps of the righteous have been ordered of the Lord and you find yourself in a divine place, in a divine house with a divine purpose and you're to be a part of what God is declaring in Clewiston, Florida. If you believe it, give him some praise. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better get with him before he pulls a muscle. He's... God-given dreams need God-prepared people. Pastors and are created and prepared by God to help prepare the people to carry the dreams of God in the earth. And it's not an easy job. How many of you know uh, that when you pastor, and I, I, I'm not saying this to you, I say it to my people, that when you are responsible for a bunch of appleheads, how many of you know that sometimes that can be a burden? Why? Because your problems become our problems. Your, your marriage struggles we pray over and we carry. Your children that, that sometimes uh, will we'll, we'll be giving you problems and you share them with us and we begin to pray. We, we uh, carry and help you carry those burdens. And, and, and we can't carry them unless the Holy Spirit gets up under us and begins to help us carry. Is anybody hearing me? And then, and then the body, this is a family. This is not an organization. It's an organism. And we are called together. We are called to come together as a community of believers. And what we need to realize is that when we come to a house, it's not just a church. It's a, it's a community of believers and that God draws us and connects us to others. And you're not just connecting to a religious organization. You're, you're connecting to part of the body of Christ with a kingdom assignment. And that the Spirit of God will bring dreams that flows through the bloodline and through the heartbeat of a church because you are the answers to this region's problems. When the devil brings all of his attacks and it looks like he's winning the battle, God will raise up out of the middle of it a deliverer. In Egypt, he will raise up a Moses. And in the time when he raised up Jesus, the ultimate deliverer, he, he raised up a Joseph. He raises it up. So when he raises up a house in the middle of chaos and he'll raise up and set a man or woman in place, it is because God has an answer to the world's problems in a region. And I need to find a people and a leader that will bring deliverance. And New Harvest is making a difference in Glades County and in all of the region we're at. Come on, somebody, in Henry County. This region is, is ripe for revival. See, some people say, oh, it's getting bad, it's getting bad. And let me tell you, the darker it gets, the more light makes a difference. 
Come on, high five your neighbor and tell them we're taking it. We're making a difference. See, we are created to be spirit-filled dream carriers. Dreams that God places within each of us. Dreams that advance the cause. I just came up with that. Advance the cause. Why? Because when we came along, we are in a race of those who have ran before us. We're not standing here because we made it all by ourselves. We're standing on the shoulders of the men and women who have taken the kingdom and passed it from generation to generation and poured into the next and to the next. And we find ourselves here on the assignment as the kingdom of God is moving because right in the middle of chaos and confusion, it is a time that I believe there's a great awakening and a great revival for those who know their God shall do great exploits in the last days you see in jeremiah chapter 29 god is speaking through the prophet to the nation of israel and as he's talking to him he's they, they had this cycle israel would get close to god and then wander from god and then 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 cry out and god would show up and then they would drift again and then god would show up and salvage them and do all that and and in this god is has got a vision he's got a vision for his people and what is his vision for humanity? That none should perish. His heartbeat is that everybody gets saved. Uh, you know, I've said it for, uh, we pastored and we're going on 25 years there at, at Christ Central. And, and, and we planted the church and I started from day one. Uh, our, what is the vision? Nobody goes to hell from Columbia County. That's the vision. And they say, well, what does that mean? That means you get saved or you got to move to Swanee County. You can't live here. Anybody hearing me? Then I got calls from Swanee County pastors. Why are you sending all the devils over here? Said, y'all better pray. Y'all better pray because I'm sending them. Why? Because we got to believe we serve a great God. I said we serve a great God. I find in Nineveh when he showed up to preach, the Bible said everybody got saved from the king to the pauper. If he did it once, he can do it again. Come on, somebody, revival. We're ripe for revival. He said in Psalm, uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the thoughts. That I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Sometimes we think God's mad at us. God's not mad at us. God loves us. God is dreaming dreams for us. God is dreaming one day we're going to be with him. Come on, somebody. But while we're here, we're supposed to do everything we can to be his hands, his heart, and his voice, and to bring as many people as we can with him, that none should perish. But I want you to know, everybody under the sound of my voice, God is, is dreaming dreams for you. I mean dreams of hope and goodness and blessings and favor. He's wanting to unlock the destiny that he's put within you when he created you. He goes on to say in verse 12, then you will call upon me and, and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and, will seek, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. You see, we have to realize that God has dreams and visions and hopes for this house, for this group, this region, but he also has dreams and hopes for you and your family. Listen, whatever you connect yourself, you can begin to, to receive from. The Bible said in, in Psalms 133, it talks about that where the house uh, comes together and the brethren dwell together with unity, there's a commanded blessing. And then he begins to talk about the anointing that begins to flow on Aaron from his head to his beard to his garments. And in other words, when you get connected to a house of God where there's a divine vision in the house, there'll be divine provision in the house. And when the division and the provision get in the house and you connect yourself to that house, that oil flows in the house and on your family and on your children and on your grandchildren and on your finances and on your health. Come on, somebody. You've got to be connected to the right place. You see, God wants people who connect to the body. I, I shared a few weeks ago, and I don't remember the title of the message, but I was talking about people who want to stay at arm's length, and they don't think they need a church body, that they're just going to connect to Christ. I don't need a pastor. I don't need a church. I just got saved, and it's just me and Jesus. Now, I thank God that he's a, a very present help in times of trouble. Come on, somebody. But if you're supposed to be the hand and Jesus is the head, do you know when you get connected to Jesus what you are? Deformed. 
You better connect to the body somewhere. Come on, somebody. Why? Because he puts his dreams in his spirit and he flows through order. Is anybody hearing me? And when you submit to the king, he'll give you an assignment and the assignment is not to be debated. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go there. I don't want that pastor. I want this. You just begin to say, I know you love me and you know what I need even when I don't know what I need. And if you put me somewhere, I'm going to serve in the house of God. I'm going to serve the dream. I'm going to serve the vision in the house. Because I know that when you put me somewhere, you want what's best for me. High five five somebody and just tell them that's good preaching right there. Go ahead and tell them. You see, many times if we're not careful, we become self-centered. But God's working a plan. You, God has a plan for your life. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared a place and a time for you and I to be born. Many times we think or we feel that we are randomly here on this planet flying through space and we love God but everything's out of control and we don't know what's going on and I wonder if really God knows all that the, the mess that's going on. Let me just tell you, God knows everything. God is not taking any kind of medication. He's not stressing and sitting up late worrying and wringing his hands. God is on the throne. And as long as God is on the throne and I love God, I'm going to be all right. Come on, give him praise if you believe it. Because God has prepared this life and this world and he's prepared you and I to be part of it. The psalmist writes, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts of me. O God, how great is the sum of them. As David was writing, he was looking over his life and he's reflecting on the goodness of God. And you've got to know that David had good days and bad days. He had victories and battles. He had to run for his life. He was rejected. He knows what it's like. All of those emotions, all of the good days and the bad. And yet he stood in the middle after living a life and said, let me just tell you that though I've been through pain and I've been through hell and I've been through struggles, one thing I know, God has been faithful. He is a good God come on and if God is a good God and we know we have purpose then we can know that when he's thinking about us according to Jeremiah it's good thoughts you see to live with being in tune with God and being in tune with God's spirit is meaning that your life has greater meaning than just your occupation your occupation maybe you have a kingly anointing I believe that people mistake ministry for just being one of the fivefold. If you're a believer, you're a minister. If you're a believer, the Bible calls you a king and a priest. You see, the, the priests bring vision, but the king brings provision. And then when the body of Christ functions properly, then there is a movement not only in the house of God, we get a download of a vision, then we move into the community and the anointing of the king comes on us and he gives us the provision to find relationships and access to resources to take his values and to move them into a dark world. As you brought portables onto this campus, as you brought buildings and as you're building and advancing, it is not just a man-made idea. It is a download with heaven. When God said, you've been faithful with little, I'm going to add to what you're doing. You've been faithful for years in reaching the lost. I'm going to give you some more. You're reaching the kids. Let me give you some more space. You've been faithful ministering to the hungry. Let me give you some more space. Why? Because when he finds you faithful with little, he'll add much to it. That's not only a principle in the house of God, that's a principle in your house. We need to be good stewards of all that God brings to us. You see, when we get a revelation, when, when, when pastor preaches and he drops revelation and you feel the stirring in your heart, be careful because the enemy wants to rob you of that word. You know, you'll preach and you'll feel the spirit and you're like, I should... I should volunteer here or I should give here or I should do this. And, and many times when you leave and, and the music stops and, and, the, and you don't feel the manifest uh, strong presence of God, many times that word will be, 
robbed from you, the Bible says. But let me tell you something, that, that seed, that revelation is part of a, a word, a seed for your future. You see, you miss your harvest because you missed your seed. But when you understand when God speaks to you, that's a divine seed. And in that divine instruction is a divine breakthrough for your life. I have found that many times when I begin to pray about some kind of breakthrough and I'm waiting for God to just do it for me, many times if I really listen, God gives me an instruction and my breakthrough is tied to my obedience to the instruction. I've been in services and, and I feel kind of, oh, I need to go to the altar with that. But man, I don't know. At the end, well, I'm going to pray at home. But I've realized that when I feel that impression of the Holy Spirit, I don't need to talk myself out of the blessing. I can't worry about what nobody else thinks or what nobody else is doing. I got to listen to God because he said, if you listen and obey, I'll get you where you need to be. Come on, amen, why? Because there's something on the inside of us that unlocks in the presence of God. Ephesians says God has made everything beautiful for its own time. God has some beautiful things in this time. He said, have you seen the news, Pastor? It's jacked up. Listen, if you look back through history, there's people been in a lot worse. Have you ever heard about the Spanish flu? Come on, have you, have you ever heard about the Holocaust? Have you, have you ever heard about wars where everyone was taken captive and everybody became a slave to a nation? I'm telling you that in every season there's horror, but there's also beautiful things in the kingdom. <laughs> Makes beautiful in its own time. He plants eternity in the human heart, Ecclesiastes says. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So God plants dreams in all of us that are going to affect eternity. But pastors are true visionaries and divinely appointed dreamers. Now listen to this. They are called to a people into a region and they are called to begin to just release what God has declared to them. The dream is not our dream. It's not my dream in Lake City. It's not Pastor Chuck's dream in Clewiston. It is God's dream that puts a burden on the heart of his servant. And he said, declare it to my people. And when we release what heaven is declaring in the atmosphere, then it begins a spiritual reaction that begins to draw people. And then things begin to get into alignment. Many times, if we're not careful, we're intimidated by the size of the dream. I remember years ago when, when uh, we had uh, had all kind of ministry. We had a, a, a home for elderly, and we were doing that, and it came to an end after 17 years, and we had an incredible run. And then the, my director got very ill, and we were having to shift because I had no one really qualified to run such a large facility with, with so much. We had 78 beds. We we gave away $1.3 million worth of free medical care. We were ministering, and, and it ran. And then I was trying to see how am I going to keep it going. And the Lord gave me a new dream. And it was about us moving from that into an outreach center with homeless shelter and feeding programs and counseling centers. And I was making that transition. And I, I knew that as Vision Sunday came up that, that, that I always give a vision, but I wasn't sure because, let me tell you, we didn't have the money. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have the people. And I was like, no, maybe I don't need to put it on Vision Sunday. And the more I prayed, I had all these other things. God said, release it, son. Release it, son. And I, I held on to it. I held on to it. But at the night before, I said, I got to put it in. I got to say it. I got to do it. And so I preached it on that Sunday morning. And I said, we're doing this. And we break it in four areas, global, national, local, and household, our vision. And we break it all out and we hold ourselves accountable. And when I got to the community, I had these other things we were already doing, but I said, God spoke to me and declared that we're going to have an outreach center and we're going to minister to the homeless and we're going to do a counseling center and computer classes and we don't have the money and we don't have the building, but God told me to release it and I'm releasing it this morning. 
Ten days later, I got a call from a man who'd never been to our church, never been, but he had heard me on the radio and I had prayed with him because he had been diagnosed with cancer and, and, and he was in a, a bad place and, and he came in and he's like, I don't go to a, a full gospel church. I, I'm a Baptist. I don't, I don't even know about the Holy Ghost, but I hear you preaching and there's something about it. Will you pray for me? Here's my doctor report. And I talked to him and I read some scriptures to him and I anointed him with oil and we prayed the prayer of faith and God touched him and cancer went in remission and he's the guy that called me never been into our church but he said pastor I was going through your town he don't even live there and he said I I was driving through your town to stop and he said I noticed a lot of homeless people under the overpass I said yes sir he said I I don't know I didn't know if you'd ever notice that yet I said yes I have and God's been speaking to me he said well what is he saying and I said, we're going to start ministering to him. He said, I'm going to be there Thursday. Can you have lunch? I said, yes, sir. We had lunch, and then we were talking, and he said, what is it you're thinking about? I said, well, in the last few days, uh, 10 days ago or 14 days ago, or yeah, right around that, I said, I've walked around a building, and I believe it's the base where God wants us to house it. He said, show it to me. We walked around it. I showed it to him. He said, they already had a for sale sign and they already had a sold. And he said, it looks like it's sold. I said, it don't matter if God has it for me. He said, how much do they want? I said, a little over 400000 He said, how much money do you got about up for it? I said, none. <laughs> he said, you telling people you're buying a building, you got no money? I said, that's exactly what I'm doing. He said, let me make a phone call. He called another man that's Catholic who'd never been to our church, but I ministered to him. Because his wife was sick and we had sent health care because of our assisted living. We sent health care to him and we administered to his wife when she was going through her last stages of cancer. And he called him and together he called me later that afternoon. And he said, tomorrow, me and this fella, neither one had ever been to the church, never darkened the door. But they said, we're going to bring you the check to go buy your building, preacher. You meet why? Because I released the dream into the atmosphere. You see, when I released it, he said what? It says that the, the kingdom in the world is groaning, waiting for sons and daughters to take their place and begin to give kingdom vision. You see, when, when, when Pastor Chuck stands behind this sacred desk and he begins to preach, he's not just giving you notes. He's not just giving you scriptures. He's all of a sudden stepping into a prophetic flow from heaven and God will give you a now word. Come on. He'll give you miracle signs and wonders if you believe it. Give God praise. I got to hurry. Y'all are hungry, I can tell. You see, there are dreamers who in the process of walking out their God-given dreams awaken the dreams and visions of others. If our hearts are not fully submitted to God and submitted to him, the devil will substitute the divine dreams for carnal dreams. So we need to make sure that we have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. God said, I give you shepherds according to my heart who are going to feed you with knowledge and understanding, he said. You see, the pastors and the ministers that come to us are called to grow us and mature us. And how many of you know, just like raising children, there are things we have to talk to our children about that are inspirational, it is wonderful, it is encouraging, but how many of you know that sometimes there's a word of correction? And that isn't your, your children's favorite word to hear. And I'll be honest, as a parent, it's not your favorite thing to do. But if you're a spiritual father of a house, there's going to be time that they love you enough to tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Why? Because there's a responsibility. In Acts chapter 2, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I'm going to pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. You know, we, we know that 
the Holy Spirit. We know that the gifts of the Spirit. We, but, but the Spirit reveals God's dreams and visions to people, but then his sons and daughters have got to prophesy. We got to speak the word. We can't be intimidated, uh, as Bishop would say, to a world we're called to reach. And we have to speak by faith. You have a pastor who stands here and begins to declare the word of the Lord, not based on what's in the bank account, not based on what you already know you can do, but this is what God's saying. And I believe that if we'll all get behind it, this is what God wants to do. And we are seeing the fruit of it. Don't you thank God for a pastor who will prophesy over a region and over a house? Come on, somebody. One of the greatest examples of the dreamer being given a dream and the power of dreams is obviously the little story of Joseph. When you have a a God-designed dream, it only comes to pass through God's favor and faithfulness. It's not something we can make happen. It's something that you have to hear. But what I have found over 30-something years of ministry is that when I hear his voice, I cannot just have to figure out how to make it happen. We have to step out by faith and begin to speak it before we ever see it. You see, there's a kingdom sound that goes out in a region. See, in Lake City and in Clewiston, when, when a minister stands up that's called and assigned and a set man of a house or a woman of a house and they begin to declare the word of the Lord, there's a sound in the spirit that goes far beyond the walls or the carry of this sound system. It's a principle in the scripture. When Noah finished the boat, there was a call that went out in the spirit. And not every animal heard it. Not everyone heard it. But can I tell you, those that were assigned to the ark, big herd of buffalo, a couple of them said, stood up and said, did you hear that? Fred said, I didn't hear nothing. He turned to the other side, how about you, Jerry? Did you hear that? He said, I heard it, let's go. Is anybody hearing me? You you can't judge a size or impact of a church by the size of the people here who's assigned here because whatever the assignment of those who are here are here by the Spirit and you are well able to take the land. You see, you got to get your mind out of a scarcity mindset. Saul had a scarcity mindset. Saul sat under a tree with 600 warriors intimidated by the enemy and wouldn't engage them. But Jonathan with his armor bearer was walking in a hill and he said, we're going to walk out there. He says, if they tell us, come on and get you some. He said, that means God has given us the victory. If they say you wait, then you stay here and let them come to us. And he said, and the armor bearer says, odds ain't good, but whatever's in your heart, I'm with you, dog. I'm down with you. I'm down. And so they walked out there, and, and the Philistines yelled at them, Hey, come on up here and get you some. Y'all been hiding? You've been you're scared? You've been worried? And Jonathan said, You hear that? Let's go get them. They climbed the hill, and they killed 20 of them, the two men. And, and the Bible said that when it happened, it started to discomfort disconfigure and and to confuse the enemy and they turned on each other and they began to kill each other and then they heard about it and then Saul who had scarcity and said we couldn't do it saw what was happening and then wanted to get involved listen I'm telling you that a church can make a difference in a complete region and change the whole atmosphere and run the devil out come on if you believe you can do it give God praise I'm going to ask them to come to the instruments. I'm not done, but I just need some good music. Amen. The truth is God designed dreams for regions and for people. The purposes of God, there's things in every one of you that need to be unlocked. And in a spirit-led atmosphere, that's why we are presence-driven. Listen, we believe in the spirit of excellence, and you've got it in your house. We want to take everything and do the best we can. But listen, without the presence of God, we've got nothing. But in our worship this morning, did you feel the sweet Holy Spirit? He gathers when you begin to worship. He begins to move. Now listen, because you and I get a dream does not mean there won't be trouble. Amen? 
Many people believe, well, I heard from God. That means everything. But can I tell you, God uses trouble. He didn't ask me if, I, if that was the way I liked it. It's just the way it happens. God uses trouble. Because the enemy always wants to stop what God's doing in your life. He wants to stop what the house of God is doing. He wants to stop you from coming. He wants to stop you from connecting. He wants you to stop from using your talent. He wants you to stop and not use your treasure. He wants you to not use your time. Why? Because he's trying to hinder the resources and the flow in a house. But when the people of God get together with unity, there is something released. You say, well, pastor, or, or yeah, pastor, the, the community, sometimes we get talked about. Join the club. Genesis said this about Joseph, and they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Let me tell you something. There's a spirit that when the kingdom of God begins to declare life, that spirit of death begins to try to protect and begins to try to limit. It says that in verse 24 of Genesis about Joseph, they took him and threw him in a pit. It was empty and they had no water. Why? Because he had a dream he shared. I don't know what it means, he told his brothers. He, he said, but I see this. I see I, I, your bales bowing down. I don't know what it means. Be, be careful who you tell your dreams to. Be careful. Why? Be, because they're, they're, they're two kinds of people. They're people with a grave digger's touch. If you read, uh, I think it was in Kings, four men are carrying a body, friends, and it says they're walking to the graveyards to bury their friend. He said, and they look up and they see a band of Moabites coming, and they were coming with bad intentions. And the Bible said that his friends who were going to bury him just threw him in the first thing, first tomb they found. How many of you know you got friends, but they'll drop you when trouble comes? Come on, is anybody here when I'm not? You know a lot of people, but a lot of people drop you when trouble comes. But when they threw him in, they didn't just throw him into any tomb, they threw him into the Elijah's. And he was dead and gone, but his bones were still there. And God, he had asked God for that double portion. And he was one miracle short. And though he had been dead and gone, God had forgot his prophetic promise. And when that dead man landed on the bones of the prophet, the Bible said life came into that dead man and he came. Come on, is anybody hearing me? This house is a life-giving house. Some of you came on your own accord. Some of you got drug in here. Some of you got thrown in here. Some of you came in here with no life, no hope, no joy, no peace. But in this house, there are prophetic bones. There is power. It will bring hope to your life and your dream. I want you to stand with me for just a moment. See, God has this ability to take problems and to move it into opportunities. Joseph was in the bottom of this pit and in the bottom of this pit, they're talking about, we're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. And the Bible said while they're having the discussion that there was a band of traders, Ishmaelites, going by on the road. And it said his brother sitting up there talking about killing him, but his brother Judah looked out and saw the band and they were taking all of these spices and stuff and they were going to sell them when they got to Egypt. And Judah said, let's not kill our brother. Let's sell him to the band on the way to Egypt. What Judah didn't know is that destiny for Joseph was in Egypt. The dream was in Egypt. But Judah, we've all been in the pit. Has anybody ever been in a pit? A pit of sickness, a pit of depression. But Judah means praise. Let me tell you something about a pit experience. 
in the pit. If you'll praise, you'll find your way to your dream. It's in the pit Judah will make a way out. When I come to church, I worship, whether it's a good day or a bad day. When people call me, how's your day going? Another day in paradise. Why? I'm not going to give the devil any credibility. I'm not going to give him any praise. God is good. He's faithful. I'm going to praise my way into the dream. I'm going to praise my way into the blessing. I'm going to praise my way into the healing. I'm going to give him glory and honor. If you're here today and you may be going through something, maybe, maybe you have a dream that hasn't worked out, maybe a family, a, a, a child, a health issue, a financial issue, you need God to move within you. If that's you, just raise your hand. Come on. We can be honest in the house of God. Is there something not working out? Is there something not working out? Are you struggling in an area? Hold your hand up. Come on, God hears it. God sees it. I declare today that life is coming back into your situation. That he is a way maker. That he has not forgotten you, but he sees your struggle. He knows your pain. He knows your problem. And he is able and willing to move in your situation. Father, we raise our hands to you. And we acknowledge your sovereignty. We thank you that you've given us life and, and hope and dreams and You've connected us with people on this journey. I thank you for this house. I thank you for Pastor Chuck and Karen. I thank you for our relationship. I thank you for the dreams and hopes that are in this house. Father, I just declare that your word will be fulfilled in this place. That those that are sick are being healed. Those that are depressed you're exchanging the garments of heaviness for the garments of praise. You're moving right now in marriages and restoring and healing and, and Lord, touching hearts that have been damaged. And children that have wandered and are in a mess. The burden is on the parent. They can't ever seem to get away the worry and the anxiety. Today, we, we release them into your hand, God. We've prayed over them. We believe you're saving them like a prodigal child. They're going to come home. They're going to come and get right. We didn't raise them to be lost. We didn't raise them for the enemy. We raised them for you. They are a blessing, and we're going to bless them and, and release them into the kingdom today. Hallelujah. Just before we go, I, if you're sick in body, if you're struggling with depression, if you have financial weights that is weighing you down, I just feel led to call you into the altar and we're just going to worship for a moment. It's the altar where God meets man. Come on, begin to move. I don't want to, I know it's a special Sunday, but if you need a miracle, just begin to move. Come on, don't let the enemy make you sit because you'll leave here like you came. Begin to move. You need a miracle, just step out. It's in your obedience. It's in your obedience. Come on, begin to worship as they come in. Let's worship for a moment.
with every head bowed and every eye closed. Believers, stretch your hands to this altar for a minute. Father, we come to you right now over your people. These are your people. Birth in the kingdom created for purpose. I pray right now, Lord, the healing of a living, loving God, that by your stripes we are healed. Every sickness, every disease, and every pain has to leave at the name of Jesus. You've already paid the price. You've already took the stripes on your back for the healing of your people. And today we cast the cares. We bring it to the altar. We lay it on the altar. And Lord, we release it to you. For those that struggle with depression, that hopelessness the enemy wants to wrap them in. Father, we declare the light of God shining through. Lord, that the mind that has been darkened and, and, and full of and full of weight and heaviness and hopelessness, I bind the enemy. He's a liar. Lord, there is strength, there is light, there is peace, there is joy. We release it right now, God. We release it right now, God. We break off every chain, every struggle, every demonic influence right now. And we release the Holy Spirit to bring healing and joy and peace to your people. Lord, we're a house of dreamers. We're a house of, of people who believe in the divine miracle-working power of God. It's in your, par in your presence that all the weight of life begins to shift. So we cast our cares on you, knowing that you will make a way. Touch our children today in a dark, demonic world trying to rob us of our children we declare life we declare purpose we dream dreams for them like you dream for us Lord and let this be a house where we dream for the next generation dreams of revival dreams of awakening dreams of prosperity and blessings and healing and hope Father this is a house that you abide in so, Father, we just speak life in this place. Move over each and every person. And we're going to give you the glory and the honor. And today we thank you for the pastor and the assignment of Pastor Chuck and Karen over this house and this congregation. We declare blessings and favor over them as they lead not only this church, but this region. We declare it today in Jesus' name and all God's people. And all God's people said, Amen.